Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, howdy there, folks. It's me, Nick, your host, just in time for a new episode. And by the time you guys are hearing this, it's going to be a new year and a new decade. So shout out to 2020, y'all. What? This week's going to be a little different. Not a whole lot of news happening that last week of December. You know, the week of Christmas and things like this. So uh, we're just going to talk about some some minor news. I'll do my top tens for the year. Video game, TV, movies, things like this. We'll talk about a little bit more about Star Wars. And then... Uh, yeah, we'll talk about some loot crates that happened. Other than that, uh, pretty straightforward, simple episode this week. And uh, don't want to waste anyone's time as they celebrate the new year. As we get closer and closer, well, it is going to be the new year, like I said, when you guys are hearing this. Uh, next week, I'll talk about what I'm looking forward to this year, things like this. But uh, this is more of a reflective look back at the year of 2019. And uh, hopefully in the next couple weeks, we'll start gearing up and talking about the best of the decade, uh, as that will take a lot of time to go over as uh, we allowed things to kind of happen all the way up until the end. So uh, we'll, we'll uh, look back on that in a couple weeks. Anyway, let's get to the news at hand, starting as always with what's going on in the video game world. For starters, Kojima recently tweeted out that he started to work on something for his next project no surprise there that man is always working or at least it seems that way uh he did tweet out uh working on the next concept while no one is in the office so clearly he was working over break now i'm sure it will be a few years however before we get a name idea or whatever's going on if this turns out to be a legitimate thing who knows this is just kojima being kojima but anyway it's always good to hear that he's uh, still working, even though Death Stranding was uh, moderately received. I'll, I'll say that. it. Uh, some people liked it, some people didn't. It's. Uh, I still have yet to hop into it. <laughs> I just have not had the chance. Granted, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty, so I've had the chance. I just am choosing to play something else. Granted, I've been playing with people, so there's a difference there. How about that, though? Ending the decade and starting a decade playing Call of Duty. Started the this previous decade. You know what I mean. I, <laughs> went uh, playing Call of Duty in 2009, playing Call of Duty in 2019. <laughs> moving on, moving on. But uh, I've also been playing some Return Jur to Jurassic Park in Jurassic World Evolution. That's fun as hell. Uh, getting to interact with they have they added dinosaur skins from based off the movie. Uh, you have the original Jeeps. The buildings all look like the best, uh, or the best, the, the buildings all look like the ones from the film, uh, you do get the Ford Explorers, it's, it's really fun, the campaign's really cool, especially having the original cast all back and voicing the characters, that, that's a, that's a huge plus, so, it, it's, it's good to see that, I, I'm excited to see where that goes, uh, probably, probably gonna be the final DLC for that game, it's been out for almost two years now, and, uh, with the new movie coming out in 2021, 
Uh, I'm sure they're going to be gearing up for a Jurassic World Evolution 2 that will build upon the first one. Or maybe they'll just keep doing expansions and, and, and making the original game better. Who knows? But uh, that was a, a nice little piece of, of nostalgia being added to a, a current game, uh, especially to get everyone ready for... Uh, the third Jurassic World film, which will also have the original cast, so it it, it makes sense to get people uh, be, get people ready, if uh, essentially. <laughs> uh, also, uh, last bit of gaming news for the week: uh, Sony recently was awarded a new patent uh, on a on a controller patent. It looks uh, similar, uh, so it's different from the one they filed for the potential new DualShock for PS5. Uh, this one, uh, Polygon actually got it. Uh, the, the main difference on this is it doesn't have a PlayStation Home button, which is really weird. Um, looks a little bit smaller, though. Granted, not all patents go to design. But it looks like they've added two triggers to the back, similar to that new peripheral they added. And, of course, similar to, like, an Xbox Elite controller. Uh, no word, though, on if this will be for PS5 or current PlayStation controllers. Uh, it's really weird that they would get rid of the PlayStation Home button because... That's kind of a necessary button in, in today's terms. I mean, you have one on Switch controllers, you have one on Xbox controllers. Granted, you've always had one on an Xbox controller. Uh, at least the last two gens. There wasn't really a jewel button on, on the original Xbox controllers, but you know what I mean. Anyway, it, it, it makes sense to have a button like that because you need a, a way to get back to the home without having to press too many menu different menu buttons. But, but again, like I said, not all patents get get uh finalized or made for that matter this could just be just in case they want to make something down the line they have it there and they don't have to worry about putting a new patent in or anything like that um but like i said a short week for news so with that being said gonna move on to uh gaming my top 10 games for the year there were probably over 200 games released this year all in all and obviously i'm not playing all of them and uh, sometimes I buy games this year that came out years in years past. But when I'm doing my top 10, like I did last year, uh, this is new games that came out this year that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, unfortunately, there's a game on here that's not on here, I should say, that I have yet to play. And I'm sure it would have been on my top 10 if I did. That's The Outer Worlds from uh, Obsidian. Just haven't had the chance yet. Um, but as of right now, my top 10 in order... Uh, and these are games I'm, I'm really loving, are Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, no surprise there, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is my number two, yes, that's right, Call of Duty, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 at number three, Control at number four, Apex Legends at number five, I, I haven't talked about this game a lot since it came out, but I had so much fun with it, and it was a free game, which made it all the more better, uh, number five, running out the top five, bottom five, Division 2 at number six, Planet Zoo, the game I've probably spent the least amount of time with this year, as it, it only came out in November, I'm already having a shit ton of fun in it. Granted, it, I just love building zoos. You know, I back in the day, uh, Zoo Tycoon was a game I played more than anything. I brought it with me to college to play on my laptop when I didn't have an Xbox or anything like that. And people would play it at my house when I had like a computer set up out in our in our dining room when everyone would be over. It is something that it, with granted, Planet Zoo is like a spiritual successor. Uh, granted, Frontier did work a bit on the original as well, so it's it's um, 
definitely there's a reason for it being on on my top 10. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield at number 8. Unfortunately, there was a lot of missed opportunity with these games, but they're still really fun and it is a new Pokemon. So that's why it still makes a top 10. Far Cry New Dawn at number 9. Uh, while not as good as Far Cry 5, it was still good in its own right. And it was just a beautiful game to look at and play uh, play with. And then rounding out the top 10 is Kingdom Hearts 3. Unfortunately, it just was such a letdown after, what, 13 years of waiting. For it to be what it was, it was just... It was frustrating and upsetting, but still one of the best games I played this year. Obviously, there were some letdowns overall that would not be in my top 10. If I had like a bottom 10 or like biggest letdowns of the year, you know, Anthem would definitely be on there. Crackdown 3 would be on there, even though I did have a lot of fun with it. It just was short and didn't really do anything to change up the formula. Uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, huge letdown. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I would put, not at the bottom, but like middle of the road, I guess, of, of games that have come out this year. So I'm not going to talk about every game I got this year. But anyway, just those are the major ones. Um, but like I said, it was just was kind of boring. Other than that, those were my top ten. Like I said, rounding out the top three are Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and Modern, or Mortal Kombat 11. Yes, Mortal Kombat 11 in my top three for the year. Just because Mortal Kombat's always fun to play. And that story was really good as well. Kind of redoing everything, if you will. And uh, getting us ready for the next next stage in human mutilation. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it for gaming. And uh, just wanted to get all that stuff out. Uh, TV, probably our shortest segment today. Uh, only one bit of news, John Favreau confirming that Season 2 of The Mandalorian will drop in 2020. Uh, he teased us with an image of a mock-up of a potential new character. Looks like it's going to be a Gamorrean-type character. Gamorreans being the pig, green pig-looking creatures that you might remember from Return of the Jedi uh, and hanging around Jabba in, in any sort of various media. And uh, this one looks to be a taller, skinnier version of a Gamorrean. Not the portly short ones we're used to seeing. Uh, but he did tease that and confirmed a fall 2020 release date for Mandalorian Season 2. No surprise there, as uh, I'm pretty sure Season 2 has already been in production for uh, at least a month or two. So hopefully we don't have to wait till November, though, for Season 2 like we did for Season 1. And... Uh, who knows? Episode 1 might premiere at Star Wars Celebration in August, which I am going to, and I cannot wait for that. I gotta put that on, reminds me, I gotta put that on my calendar and make sure I plan accordingly for Celebration. Uh, but that is news for later in the year. Anyway, that's it for TV news. Uh, it's a dead air time, technically. Nothing really new is on right now. And... Not going to have a lot of news going on for, for TV stuff. Uh, however, I do want to talk about my top 10 new TV programs that premiere this year. Uh, that is premiering in the calendar year of 2019. Uh, there are a couple older shows on there, but I'll, I'll explain that. And uh, obviously Mandalorian's number one on that. Uh, the Boys, number two. Great fucking show. 
Uh, the Amazon comic book show season two is underway, uh, or will be streaming soon, but its production is underway now. Uh, Umbrella Academy, number three. <laughs> if you can notice here, there's a lot of non-traditional television shows as they're on streaming services. Number four is the Disney Imagineering story. It was a six-part documentary. I, it was more like a TV show because it premiered weekly. That was on Disney+, Plus, and essentially every episode... It started with like the creation of Disneyland up until up into Disney's most recent park, which is Shanghai Disney, and essentially just goes into all the different things that the Imagineers have to do. Uh, the Imagineers being the engineering and design team at, at the Disney parks. Uh, really great program. Definitely check it out. Uh, number five is the Righteous Gemstones and uh, Danny McBride's new show on HBO, which was fucking hilarious. That was a show to fucking watch, and I cannot wait for season two. Uh, number six is Watchmen. Really enjoyed Watchmen. Uh, just about to finish it, and uh, I can accurately put it in my top ten for sure. Nice continuation of the comic book. Slow burn, though, as per Damon Lindelof. Uh, we'll see, though, if it gets a season two, because uh, Lindelof does not want to do a season two. The network may want one, and fans may want one, but this should be a show that legitimately stays at one season, uh, and most people would... Most sane people would agree with that. And granted, Lindelof, sometimes if you let him play around too much, it, things can end badly. Number seven, uh, while not really a show per se, but it was an amalgamation of shows and it is a five-part thing, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths on CW, the annual crossover event for all the CW shows. And we're not even done. There's still two more hours that are premiering in a couple weeks in January. Uh, but definitely top 10 for the year. Uh, it, it's it's the Avengers Endgame of, of DC comic TV shows, <laughs> if you will. Um, number 8 is His Dark Materials. Again, I've only watched a few episodes, but that is prime viewing television on HBO based off the Golden Compass series. And that is something I definitely recommend to other people. Uh, and then the final two. Uh, number 9, I have the final season of Silicon Valley. And like I said... Not necessarily stuff that premiered this year, but... Uh, and then 10 is the final season of Game of Thrones. Now those... Yes, I know people did not like the final season of Game of Thrones, but as I've stated before on this show, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, and then Silicon Valley, like I said, ended on a fucking high note. Six perfect seasons, if you ask me. Uh, unfortunately, those both of those shows left our airwaves in 2019. They will not be missed. They will not be forgotten. Uh, but those were my top 10 television shows... For the year. But, you know, there were some other shows that premiered this year I really liked as well. Just didn't make the top ten. Uh, the Unicorn on CBS starring, uh, what's his name? Um, can't think of his name. Uh, but he's been in all the, the Danny McBride shows recently. Like Vice Principal. Walton Goggins. Walter Goggins. Um, he's, uh, his show on CBS is really funny. Uh, Rob Corddry's in it as well. Um... Perfect Harmony, really funny show on NBC with, uh, no, I can't think of his name. Anyway, that's on there. Um, and a couple other th different things out, out, out in the world were really funny. Uh, just my top 10 stood out to me more than anything. Um, but, uh, let, let's move on to film as, uh, we wrap up the year and the show here. Uh, a couple more things to talk about though. We're not, we're not done yet. It is going to be a... A short, simple, and sweet episode, but but not just yet. Um, 
Robert Pattinson said that uh, he is ready for fan backlash from Batman. He is preparing for it mentally, I guess you could say. He said that, uh, what is this? Hold on. He was being interviewed by The Guardian. He says, I'm already remembering what it's like to talk about a movie where there's an expectation. Whenever you say anything, people are like, oh, you idiot. Like, dude, I haven't even started yet. Um, granted, he's used to this as as he was in Twilight, a pretty major franchise in the 2000s. Um, for the teens, though, uh, whereas Batman is more mass appeal than anything. Um but that, that's a good thing that he's he's mentally preparing and understands the, the whole nature of that part of the business, uh, especially on big things like that. Um, pretty major news. Ryan Reynolds confirmed he's working with, with uh, Marvel Studios for Deadpool 3. So that means it is happening. It is being developed. Um, he said, yeah, we're working on it right now with the whole team, he said, which is fucking amazing. He says, we're over at Marvel Studios, which is like the big leagues all of a sudden. It's kind of crazy. So yeah, we're working on it. Hopefully they don't change much. I, I know Kevin Feige had said that they are willing to let it still be rated R. I wonder if he'll join the MCU or if he'll still be a separate universe or maybe he'll universe hop. Who knows? Uh, especially with uh, the Multiverse of Madness being the, the sub subtitle on the next Doctor Strange movie. Maybe he'll find a way to bring in Deadpool. Who knows? That Actually, now that I think about it, that would be a fucking perfect way to do it. I'm going to tweet that right now. Anyway, um, if you guys really enjoyed Joker, you can now read the script online. It is f- available in its entirety, or the screenplay, I should say. It is available in its entirety online for you to read at your leisure. Probably not going to, though. <laughs> um, Paramount. And Sega are trying to get in on that Baby Yoda craze by introducing the world to Baby Sonic. Uh, he was shown off in a new trailer, a, a Japanese trailer for that. It was a Japanese Twitter trailer. Uh, yeah, Baby Sonic. That, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Stephen Lang confirms that he is going to return as uh, General Quaritch in the Avatar sequels. Don't know how that's going to fucking work because he got an arrow through the fucking chest in the first one. Anyway, who cares? He was a cool character. Uh, David Ayer was uh, tweeting saying James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie is neither a sequel nor a reboot, but a reinvention. Uh, Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, Mainly because it will have some character... I don't know. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, But he did say that James Gunn will knock it out of the park and he can't wait to watch it like the rest of us. So that's good. That's good on him for being really nice and saying some really good things there. Um... No surprise here. Uh, Cats bombed at the theater. And uh, Universal has pulled it from its Oscar consideration category. <laughs> Which just proves that Cats has sucked always. As a play, as a movie. And maybe you just shouldn't do unholy things on on screen. Like what they did. Didn't I say that movie was going to suck based off the trailer and how fucking weird it looked? I was not wrong. And watching people tweet about it and its rotten scores is even funnier. And now it's not making any money. Which, no surprise there. Anyway, let's go on to the movie that is making money. That is Star Wars. It did set a Christmas Day record. Which, uh, surprisingly, it's still behind Last Jedi and Force Awakens. No surprise there. It's 
not getting the greatest reviews, but again, that's okay. It's now the second best Christmas Day earner, uh, making $35 million behind The Force Awakens ahead of Last Jedi, though. So maybe that's a a good thing. Who knows? Um, It hasn't crossed the billion-dollar mark, but no worries. It still will, because I know it's in the high 700 millions at this point. But a lot of stuff coming out, and I think we might have touched on it last week, but J.J. Abrams confirmed what Finn was trying to say to Ray the whole movie. Turns out he was just trying to say that he knew he was Force-sensitive. Uh, no surprise there. A lot of Easter eggs in the movie were, were more than a week out. All right, folks, like, sorry, but minor spoiler warning here. Um... I mean, you, you if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen it at this point. Uh, a lot of references to old movies. A lot of things, though, really surprised Han was back, honestly. Um, a lot of references to past movies, things like this. Uh, one thing that had to be clarified, though, because people are, like, livid. Ahsoka is not dead, according to Dave Filoni. Um... He did say, he did put out a tweet, he's like, was thinking of all of you this fine morning, happy holidays, and it's a picture of, like, Gandalf saying, people thought I was dead too, look how that turned out, talking to, like, Ahsoka, that he hand-drew. So, then again, he could be playing with all of us, I don't know. Uh, You know, uh, I'm not gonna say exactly when Ahsoka is referenced in the film, but I'm sure you know if you've seen it. Uh, A lot of other things, though, coming out of the film. Um, a lot of things coming out of the Visual Dictionary, and I know I touched on that last week. Um, a couple different things. Uh, new timeline. Now things are going off of, uh, before and after the Starkiller incident, which is really fucking stupid, and I hope they don't stick to that. Let's go back to before and after the Battle of Yavin. Um, Darth Revan is canon now, though, so that's pretty fucking cool, to, as well as some other old legends... Uh, Sith Lords, as those are the names of Sith Legions and the Sith Troopers. Uh, Starkiller Base is carved out of the planet Ilum. I mean, granted, that was hinted at uh, with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and things like this. Uh, Minor spoilers for that game, I guess. Um, There's also references in the book to episodes of Star Wars Resistance, as well as uh, the upcoming Rise of the Resistance ride at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. It's already open at Walt Disney World, though, so if you've been on it, there's a reference to that. Um, Mustafar is the planet we first see with Kylo Ren. Uh, and several other things happen. Uh, more than likely, it's possible that... Uh, oh God, I can't think of her name. Um, the character we meet on Kef Beer, the former... Uh, Stormtrooper might be Lando's daughter, the one he kind of talks to at the end of the movie. Uh, that is the Tantive Four in the film, uh, the original one that we are so used to seeing. Uh, one of the first ships we see on screen in, in all of Star Wars. And uh, finally get an idea of why Endor and its forest moon are not devastated by Death Star debris. And it all has to do with physical anom- anomalies uh, and space space physics, um, and, uh, there's a whole lot of different anomalies. I, I, I'm gonna go more into a lot of that stuff in the book, but it, it just, it finally points out some things that people maybe didn't realize, 
and uh, it sucks that it had to be done in there. There's a lot of other stuff that we can go into, but that that would be a whole episode on its own. But uh, if you guys want to read an old EU book that's a lot like The Rise of Skywalker, it's going to be Dark Empire. Uh, It's a Dark Horse comic, and it's about a reborn emperor and Luke going to the dark side. It's got the Eclipse Super Star Destroyer, the one that has like a Death Star laser in it. Uh, It's a pretty cool story. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that that ties into that in Rise of Skywalker. There's a lot of drawbacks to that, so I would definitely check that out if you guys like the old Star Wars Expanded Universe. Um, But that's just some some fun stuff that we've seen so far. Uh, More information will will continue to bleed out as time goes on. But, uh, oh, Jaina, that's her name, sorry. Jaina's the former Stormtrooper. Um, But that is what's going on now with Star Wars. And on that note, let's talk about my top 10 for 2019 in film. And I saw about 20 movies or so this year. Um, and this is divided up with Netflix and stuff as well. Uh, but I don't think any Netflix movies actually made my top 10 list. But, uh, number one, no surprise here, Knives Out. Great fucking movie. Talked about that a couple weeks ago. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great movie. I decided to move that up above Ad Astra uh, after watching it again. Ad Astra's number three, obviously, as I just said. John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum is number 4. Avengers Endgame is number 5. Joker at 6. Shazam at 7. Spider-Man Far From Home at 8. Toy Story 4 at 9. And rounding out the top 10 is Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, just a big, dumb, fun popcorn movie. Uh, you'll notice Star Wars is not on there. And while I did like Star Wars, um, it wasn't in my top 10 this year. And... That's because, like I said, while I did like it, while it was a good movie, it just it didn't crack the top ten for me, and that's okay. You know, I, I can be a Star Wars fan, and I can be, uh, I can like other things too. You know, I don't I don't have to like Star Wars. So that's uh, what's going on with my top ten, and that pretty much rounds out today's episode. Um, got a few more things to talk about though. Granted, yeah, the, those top tens might be a little controversial, folks. I. I but hey, that's me. You guys know I'm going to be controversial. I'm not going to follow the beaten path. I'm going to forge my own, if you will. And obviously, if you wonder why I didn't go into too much detail on on the top tens, I've talked about it all year. You know, you guys can always go back to old episodes. I, I try to put descriptions for every episode to say what I talk about, and, and I'll mention each one. A um, couple more things, though, before we wrap up for... 2019. Uh, we are here at the end of the year, and uh, a couple loot crates came in, including Smuggler's Bounty. I'll talk about Smuggler's Bounty first. Uh, I don't know if they have themes anymore. They just come from Amazon now. You don't really get them directly from their website anymore. Uh, this one, I guess, was a uh, Rise of Skywalker theme, obviously. Uh, comes with a really cool t-shirt with Rey and all the droids, Dio, C-3PO and uh, BB-8. Comes with a D.O. pin, a small little decal of Rey in her new outfit. And then two Funko Pops. Uh, This is what it says, actually, before I I say what those are. Every generation has a legend. Thank you for joining us on this epic adventure spanning five years and 26 boxes. Celebrating the most stellar fandom of them all. 
Adventures of Kajimi. Oh, this is what this one is. Inspired by the final chapter in the Skywalker saga, Star Wars The Rise of Resistance, will be the final entry in the current Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty subscription box series from Funko. We hope you enjoyed participating in this journey that thrilled thousands of fans around the world with each drop. As a wise Jedi Master once said, no one's ever really gone. So keep an eye out for more exciting Star Wars products coming soon from Funko. And as always, may the Force be with you. Oh, see, I never got an email to know this was the last one. That's a little upsetting. Uh, T-shirt's cool. The pin's really nice. It shows Dio, like, in a zooming motion. Um, and then the two Funkos are actually of Babu Frick, the lovely droid worker. I, this has to be, like, life-size, essentially. Uh, and then it's a uh, Funko of C-3PO holding Ray's bag. Or, sorry, all of Chewbacca's things, uh, like after they uh, free Chewbacca from the Star Destroyer. Spoiler! Um, holding uh, his bowcaster, his ammo belt, and his bag. So that was Smuggler's Bounty. I also got two loot crates. I, I don't know what one of them is, but I'm going to go into my squad one. This is November 2019. And it came with uh, this really cool Hydra t-shirt. It said Hydra... I think re reunion or something. It says uh, it's really funny and it's got like the date and time redacted. It's it's really cool. Uh, also came with a South Park minifig and I got the PC principal one, a GI Joe bottle opener in the form of uh, Cobra Commander emblem, a Justice League art print that looks uh, like classic Japanese style, uh, and then a pin that just says Squad. Now. This other one I got, and, and this is the one that, that's very confusing. Um, it doesn't say what it is. It it It's just a, a blank box, which makes me think that it's a an older one. Oh, it says August 2019. So maybe, which one? I can't see that on the app. Uh, it goes not far back enough. I was wondering what this one was. Uh, give me one second, actually. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know what the theme is, but it comes with a pin, uh, pin for She-Ra, Princess of Power, I think that's what it is. Uh, some coasters that are in the shape of the NCC-1701 USS Enterprise original, so they're round coasters, like the saucer section of the original. A poster of blue from Jurassic World. A awesome t-shirt of uh, Castle Grayskull from He-Man. And then this really cool little figure of the Dino Megazord from the original Power Rangers. A nice little new thing that's going to go on my desk. So that's uh, pretty awesome. Um, now that I finally figured out what month it was, after looking at the shipping label, should have done that. <laughs> uh, that is it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Like I said, uh, welcome to the new year. Because by the time you guys are listening to this, you're going to be in a new year and a new decade. 2020, that's it, right? Woo -woo. Uh, new things are going to be happening on Nixner News this year. Uh, like I said, we are going to talk next week about what uh, what I can't wait for this year in 2020. Uh, and uh, as January rolls along, we are going to be talking about uh, looking back on the decade, actually. Uh, just allowing things to kind of cool down there. Uh, at the end of 2020, or 2019, excuse me. Uh, so that way, as uh, January and February tend to be a little bit of slow months news-wise, we can spend time talking uh, about the past decade or so. 
between 20, 2010 and 2019. So uh, that's it, though. As always, uh, if you guys like listening to the show, check out nixnernews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer to listen on the go, you will find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcast pages. Also on nixnernews.com, you can find all of our social media play- in one handy-dandy place. You can see our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook feeds. Or if you prefer, you can follow us on your preferred social network. Just look for Nixner News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Other than that, I'm your host, Nick. Happy New Year, and I will catch you guys on the flip side.